This is the JN Band Show, a podcast series on personal finance and investing. Hello everyone, this is the Jay and Ben show. This is episode number nine. My name is Jay. And I am Ben. And today we will be talking about the famous FANG stocks. Um, and uh, this is a very interesting thing, very hyped stocks. And I do think we, you guys, uh, many of you have some of those stocks probably in your portfolio. So we thought it's a good idea to kind of talk a bit about them and give an overview. And it will be quite interesting to hear also what you guys have to say. So please don't forget to add us on Instagram on the Che and Ben show. Well, so what are FANG stocks? And FANG stocks actually refer to individual uh, stocks and individual companies. F for Facebook, A for Amazon, A for Apple, N for Netflix, and uh, G for Google. And um, initially, um, the, the term was kind of coined in 2013 by Jim Cramer in his CNBC um, kind of talking heads money uh, show where um, he referred to the FANG stocks with only one A, so F-A-N-G. And um, since then, it was kind of used. And um, interestingly, it was 2017 where then Apple also joined that group of the um, FANG stocks. Um, ben, so to our listeners, what do you think kind of, uh, what, what, what have these companies in common and why are they kind of put together? Well, when we talk about the FANG stocks, it's an acronym and it's the five most popular and best performing American technology companies out there at the moment. And what they do is they dominate the market of the, which they're in. You'll see that most of them are actually under the tech stock sector, but they're very specific and niche in the area that they managed to pick up all of them. And of August the 13th in 2020, they had a combined market capital of $5.6 trillion. And that just shows the power these companies have behind them and how much they are in relation to their sectors. Yeah, that's that's giant. They're giant. I mean, uh, I know later you have some uh, numbers and figures for us, uh, yes. for our listeners. Um, but also, um, you know, what they all have in common is they have these kind of exceptional growth. Um, these are exceptional growth companies here. And um, what they all have in common is they are technology companies that have used not only the technology of yesterday or today, but, you know, they are the ones that develop the technology of tomorrow. And they're on the forefront of utilizing those technologies to, to kind of gain users, gain tractions. And, um, you know, these are very powerful companies. Um, later, we will also talk a little bit about, you know, what's, what's up with the society and governments with these companies. Um, but for what is now, um, you know, you guys should know about this, um, what, what these FANG stocks are and what they represent. Uh, ben, do you want to move on to the numbers or maybe so our listeners are aware of, you know, even if they own an index or an ETF, they might not know that, you know, a big portion of what they own are actually FANG stocks. Yeah, so when we talk about these companies, we think of their individual stocks, so like a share of Apple or Amazon. Really, they're actually part of a much bigger index. They are part of the S&P 500 and a few other indexes. And what this means is that even if you don't invest into the individual stock itself, if you own a S&P 500 tracker, 
is that technically you do own these stocks also. What's quite interesting with these FANG stocks, we've talked about how much of a market capitalization they have in the whole market. And it goes to show when you look at the numbers of how much market cap they have on the S&P 500, we take it for example, Facebook alone, they have 1.9% of the S&P 500. Apple is 6%, Amazon 3.9%. Google is actually a bit interesting because Google is actually called Alphabet and their ticker, they have two. One's a class A and one's a class C. So Google, there's class A, which is 1.8%, and class C is one9 the, the difference is, is with these, one has a voting right and one doesn't, but that's why they're separate tickers. And we also find that Netflix is 0.7%. And in total, this comes to 16.2%. So these technically six stocks own 16% of the whole S&P 500. And this is against 500 other companies, which is crazy to see. And you see many of these are actually in the top percentage of the whole thing. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's just crazy. That, these are crazy, crazy numbers. Um, I did a very interesting exercise where, um, you know, you can look up statistics and figures where you take the S&P 500, but you take out those FANG stocks and you look at uh, the development of the S&P 500. As we know, um, right after the, the crash due to the pandemic in March, um, um, we had a massive run-up and, you know, um, equities going up, 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 and uh, it's, it's been crazy. And the interesting thing is actually, if you deduct those FANG stocks, the growth is significantly lower, actually. So, hmm. um, you, you know, there is this big argument that the actual growth that we have been seeing uh, you know, are mainly pushed forward by those, uh, but by, by those few stocks, by those few companies, and um, I mean, Ben, I don't know how you think about this, but you know, I can see why. You know, because we are all stuck at home and we have to kind of use technology to kind of work around, uh, you know, the challenges we are having. So I can definitely understand why, you know, why Apple goes up because people just buy computers and iPads and whatnot. Um, or use the services of, of Facebook and, and Amazon, of course, you know, uh, I think they profited most out of this um, whole pandemic. Um, so I can I can understand. But really, like, is, is that really, you know, do, do, is, is it really a good thing? Uh, does it make really sense that those companies dry, are the driver of, of, of the current um, bull market that we're seeing? Yeah, I think what you also got to realize is, the power of these companies. So when we talk about Apple, their products are quite a premium product. You're paying for a very high quality, but expensive at the same time. And in a, I think it's the last podcast, we talked about how much cash Apple had on hand. But this goes to show is like cash is king in that sense is because they can buy up all these smaller companies, which is why Apple has got to this position. We can also see with Facebook is that they own Instagram, I believe WhatsApp and, well, Facebook, funny enough, but they own three of these major platforms a lot of people talk on and go on every day. So you try and talk to someone else or see a bit of social media and you actually realize it's all owned by one company. Yeah, this is a huge thing, especially... Um, if you look at the, the if, you, if you take Facebook, for instance, you know, um, I mean, if you don't live under a rock, you probably have seen 
the, the in the media and the news um, that governments are trying to crack down on on Facebook and try to kind of um, limit their ability, but also kind of control them a little bit more. You guys have also probably seen um, some, you know, in the, in the society, some users are kind of criticizing these companies for various reasons. We don't want to go into the detail of, of you know, uh, if they're right or not. It, this is this podcast is not really about this. This is just purely looking just purely from an investment perspective. Um, but you know, you can see the power that these companies really have in 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 kind of the larger, larger scale, you, you know, you had things like the Arab Spring, for instance, you know, um, all these kind of revolutions were organized through Facebook groups. And it's, it's just such a powerful tool. And, you know, having this kind of powerful tool in, in the hands of, uh, of one company, of, of one CEO, you know, it's, I don't know, what I, sometimes it scares me, to be honest. Sometimes I feel uneasy about it. Yeah, I do get where you get come from. I think what we can also look at is recently what's happened in Australia, where the government has tried to intervene to make it a more even playing field with the news agencies. And what they tried to do is pass a bill which forces Facebook to pay for the news agencies' like articles and so on. And what they've done is they forced a hand, but with Facebook, their power and how much market capitalization they have with all these different news agencies, they just said to them, no. And nothing else could be done. That 25, I believe is around about 25% of the news agencies go get their revenue from Facebook and the such. So it shows that they've got their fingers in all the pies. Yeah, I think there's as there's a wider issue to be honest. I don't know, Ben. You yeah. probably have seen it too. Um, when Mark Zuckerberg or all the other you know uh, like CEOs from the fan companies had to uh, you know speak in front of the Congress and answer their questions, it was embarrassing to see some of the um, knowledge that I mean the lack of knowledge actually some of those um, politicians had. And and you know uh, some some of us millennials were sitting and watching this, being like, what is happening here? Like you're asking these weird questions. You are mm. so way behind. And I I think there is really a, a kind of lack of of, it's a mismatch, really. Like, you know, we, we have these companies, they dominate big parts of our lives and, uh, you know, they, they create value. And uh, it's it's just really interesting to see, um, you know, that governments kind of like st- almost struggle to keep up with this kind of development and, and you know, they almost keep uh, keep developing. And I even recently read that, you know, because um, these are all U.S. companies, of course, as you know, and they're based in... Um, Nevada and California area, but you have this uh, this you know whole tax issue as well around them. You know where these companies are, you know accused of or you know we can argue uh, pay little to no tax in some some areas, and you know this causes also loads of issues. So you know so it's it's a very interesting thing. I think if you are actively investing into Apple and Google, and um, look, this is not financial advice, it's entertainment purposes only. Um, I myself, I invested in Apple and, and Google and Facebook and Netflix individually, um, and I know the risks, I know what they're doing, I have to live with it, you know, I, I know everything that I, th- I think is important that to know from, from an investment point of view. But then for those who just buy an S&P 500, Ben, you just said these numbers, you know, mm. uh, it's, it's insane. It's crazy. You know, let's say you feel uncomfortable with um, 
data protection side of things, what Facebook is doing, but you do own an S&P 500. Are you aware, you know, a big portion of that uh, is actually you supporting a company that you might not want to support potentially, you know? So I, I think it's really important for you guys to understand this, um, th this whole um, connection here. Yeah, for me, I have exposure to these companies purely through one of my funds I own in my lifetime ISA. So for me, it's like I don't want to take the risk that they are amazing companies, but that's how I get my exposure for the whole market. I think the other thing, don't want to sound too conspiracy theorist here, but another way that we can view the power of which these companies have over government is I watched a Milton Friedman episode. So he's got this free market whole thing. And in one of them, he shows that originally you could fit all the tax laws into one book. And then over the years, more and more were added in. And it got to the point where you couldn't even, you filled up the whole room with just books of all the different tax laws. And all of these were implemented because of these companies that were getting so much power that they could lobby for it. And money talks. That's, uh, that's very interesting. I didn't know that. That's, that's super, super interesting. Yeah, um, Milton Friedman's very interesting to watch. That's that's something, yeah. Um, uh, what do you? Um, let's maybe talk about something I've also read a lot um, about the comparison to the dot com bubble. That's I think super interesting, super super interesting. Um, so for you guys who don't know, um, the dot com bubble and the dot com bubble crash is referred to a kind of um, boost in in companies that had something to do with internet during like it was mainly during 1995 and, and 2000 um, that's usually what is referred as the dot-com um, period and uh, basically loads of money flew into companies that had anything to do with the internet and dot-com and internet was the hip new thing and uh, what happened was, I think a few of those companies, <laughs> I don't know how many of them, uh, actually didn't really produce anything. There were spin-off companies of other companies. So, you know, they, were, they didn't really have any value, but just because they were in this area of internet, um, even though, you know, they had nothing to do with internet, maybe they were just putting the name .com at the end of it, and uh, they were getting just loads of money from investors. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Nasdaq just climbed and climbed and climbed. And in 2000, we had this very famous um, .com bubble crash, and uh, the Nasdaq dropped about 77% of its value, and uh, that's what, what, what is mainly referred to. And um, again, what, what's very um, characteristic about this was it, was it were mainly technology companies that uh, drove this bubble and, and crashed and ultimately. And some might argue and, and put a parallel to uh, those FANG stocks that we have or the NASDAQ today um, in terms of similarities, in terms of loads of hype around those companies, loads of money flowing in and uh, the stocks getting valued up and, and they are ridiculously priced right now. It's, it's really, really rich pricing. And um, some might argue, are we in a bubble? Is it comparable to the dot-com bubble? Um, I have my opinions to it, but Ben, maybe you first. Uh, what, what do you think about this? Are we in a bubble with those FANG stocks? It's difficult to say. I think they are very, I think they are overvalued to an extent. And it's a natural market cycle that we have these really good companies, but the price of their stock overtakes the fundamentals. And... I believe at the moment, everyone, because of COVID and everything that's been shut down, everyone's looking for the future. It's where 
is the money going to go into, but there is no fundamentals to back it up. So I do believe that is quite a rich like market at the moment. And what we've got to remember is that if Apple makes a 10, 20% move, that represents 6% of the S&P 500. So that whole index of 500 companies is going to come down. Yeah, that's, that's, a, very, that's a very good point you're making. Um, another thing that I always think is, if you look at these dot-com bubbles back then in the day, um, some of them were not really producing anything or like it's mm. v- or very vague uh, uh, products or of services they were offering. And um, I, I think if you look at the Fang stocks, I mean, they are they are producing, you know, they, I mean, Apple is making crazy profit. They're making money. Uh, Amazon is making crazy profit, crazy money. Uh, you know, Facebook is providing a, a lot of services used by people. So... I, I would be careful here to say, you know, um, in terms of you know comparing these to um, the dot com bubble with those Fang stocks. I, I think there is a difference we have to take here in terms of, uh, you know, they actually companies actually produce something and and are actually, um, uh, you know, used by users and uh, by consumers. So so that's a very interesting point actually to make here. I um, think what we've really got to look at is not just the Fang stocks. And Fang stocks are overvalued but you've got the fundamentals to back them up to a certain extent i think what we can, what's a really good way of looking at it is an amount of SPACs, so special acquisition or purpose acquisition companies and at the moment there's been a massive influx of these and back in the dot-com bubble it was loads of companies that have like you said anything to do with the internet and they will just get listed and people go mental because it's internet stocks i think there was a movie and it was about this guy who scammed investors. And all what he'd done is pretend he made a fantastic website which was going to try and beat like the next Facebook. And really, it was a PowerPoint. And that's always a PowerPoint presentation, but he made it look like it was a natural company. He managed to sell all these stocks and ran off with the money. And it wasn't an actual company. I think we could almost look at it like Nicola with rolling the truck down the hill. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is. Yeah. Pres- Guys, yeah. check that. Check that please out, please out. If you <laughs> haven't seen it, uh, just type in uh, Nicola truck uh, hill. I think tap tap these things in. It's um, it's it's ridiculous. It's it's quite amusing actually. Um, they, I think they put down a saying Nicola that the truck is in motion and being in motion is different to self-driving. I was like, yes. come on, guys. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's it's a whole thing. But look, um, these are the fun sides of investing. I mean, fun, not so much if you actually invested in that company or not, um, but uh, fun in terms of, uh, you know, how things can be t- um, turned around here is, uh, and tweaked. It's quite interesting. Um, what I also find quite interesting on these FANG stocks is they are all led, uh, or mo- most of them are um, led by the people who actually found them, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, Apple, you know, with, uh, of course, um, uh, Steve Jobs um, being not here anymore, um, you know, but uh, if you look at, but still was, was created by Steve Jobs, and then you look at, um, you know, Facebook and Netflix, and it's, it's super interesting. They're all um, CEO-led by people, and the CEOs are people who are actually um, 
uh, you know, who founded the company. So I'm not sure about Jeff Bezos. I think that he recently uh, stopped being CEO. Yes. Yeah, I believe he just stepped down to focus on other projects. Right, other, other projects. Okay, that's, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. But, uh, you know, some people also value that in those companies that they say, mm. you know, companies that have been created by those with, you know, from, from zero to, to what it is now, they do understand the needs of the company. They, they are led by people who are not only focused on the profit, but actually believe in the core values of the company. So, you know, there is an argument to make that some of those stocks, you know, what they also have in common is maybe that kind of founders uh, principle here. Um, I hope that makes sense, guys. Yeah, well, we can look at it with Tesla. A lot of people like Tesla simply because of Elon Musk. And it's because he's got that drive, he's got that personality, and he's had that vision from the beginning. And when we look at CEOs, we want to look for someone who's actually there, part of the company, has a vision for it, and is going to push it for new directions. And I think this is where we can look at these FANG stocks, is that they've had good drive, they had people with visions, and just why they got to such levels. Yeah, that's that's an interesting. Thing. I I always ask myself, you know, uh, looking at those, like how much more can they go up? And I mean, it's always uh, let's take this podcast in a year and we can talk about it again. But uh, you know, how much more can they go up? And and guys, please, uh, we are very much interested in what you guys have to say and what you think about those Fang stocks. You know, is this just the beginning? Are they gonna balloon like crazy and take over the world? And we're gonna all be like you know owned by these companies <laughs> or something? And um, it's going to be quite interesting to hear what you guys have to say. So please check out our Instagram and DM us there. Uh, the Chain Ben show it will be quite interesting to hear. And maybe we do a little poll as well, Ben. I'm not sure. Maybe that's something interesting we could look into. Um, definitely. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, I mean, looking at the clock here, I think we could wrap this really up. Um, guys, we really hope uh, this was a very interesting episode for you on the Fang stocks. Um, let us know if you liked it. And um, we, we might do in a later episodes deep dive into one or two of these stocks um, as they're really popular and make up such a big portion of the of the investment environment, invested market. But, um, um, but uh, let me see. Ben, is there anything from your side we have to add or anything we missed? Uh, I believe that's it. If you want to DM, up, DM us, tell us what you think about Fang stocks or any of them that you want us to do a bit of a deeper look into. It'd be great. That would be great, guys. Thank you so much again for listening and we hope to see you in the next one.